0: Welcome to the Feminist Fight Club podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about transgender women's history, but things change. You know, is the whole episode ready, and up to, ready to go? Statistics come out and shock people. However, I'm not surprised at all. Sexual violence and harassment, assault, and rape are no joke. Over 97% of women between the ages of 18 and 24 have experienced these things. As someone with a platform, even a small one, I want to talk about it. Raise awareness to this crisis. Today I'll be discussing what we can do as allies and supporters of these survivors. Also, calling out men for these misog- their misogynistic ways, and we need to hold them accountable. And women, for matter of fact, because they do it too. And we'll be talking about some organizations that support survivors. Feminist and women's history is often brushed over in history classes, so I'm here to educate you. Let's get started. So I'll be talk- going to talk about organizations that you can donate. I'll leave the links, um, in um, in the description of the episode so if you're curious you can if you want to donate to support raise awareness and support survivors so rain which is rape abuse and incest national network so that's r a i n n is the largest anti sexual violence organization in the country rain works to educate the public on sexual violence providing up to date research and statistics on sexual assault the organization also provides resources and support for survivors. Ninety-three percent of every dollar donated goes directly to programs that support survivors and prevent sexual violence. So the next one is called No More. No More is a coalition of ally, advocates, survivors, and government agencies and people working towards to prevent sexual violence. Instead of donation, donations, you can shop on No More's product. No More's products and proceeds go directly to their partners. Organizations which towards advocacy and prevention of these acts. Sorry, I'm just flipping the page. So, continued about organizations. The next one is the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. The NSVC, the NSVRC, is working to prevent sexual violence through education, collaboration, and resources for survivors. Their recent study in perceptions of assault is eye opening. I recommend you read it and prove that we need to be talking about more more as a culture about what constitutes consent. So, next, one I'm talking about is the National Alliance to End Sexual Violence. The NAESV focuses on legislation that supports survivors and prevents sexual violence. It was created by a coalition of statewide organizations, local rapes crisis centers, and advocates. The NAES, or God, there's so many acronyms. The NAESV has helped accomplish anti sexual violence work at national level, including the 2013 reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act. The next and final organization I'll be talking about is called N Rape on Campus. EROC is working specifically to address and prevent widespread sexual assault that happens co- on college campuses. And yeah, so, like in the name. Through education and ag- advocacy, the EROC is educating people on college campuses about sexual assault and supporting survivors of s- campus sexual violence. They worked continuously to defeat this Texas Senate Bill 5- 576, which makes failing to report campus sexual violence to colleges as a misdemeanor. Well it sounds good in theory, the EROC stresses that this bill does not count for trauma it inflicts upon survivors. Like I said before, I'll be leaving all the links to these organizations and where you can donate um, or for in no more sake um, where you can shop for in the episode description. so So, the next thing I'll be talking about are some statistics, and I just wanted to give it a little PSA, because I know when I, f- I think, like, I always, I always kind of knew that sexual violence in the United States just kind of was really bad, but I didn't know to the extent, so I just wanted to give it a little PSA, because it's, like, very concerning, like, it's not great, um, but here we are and we still deal with it, and that's why we're talking about it. So according to Rain, every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. On average, there are 433,648 victims, ages 12 and older. That's not counting for anyone that's younger than 12, of rape and sexual assault each year in the United States. And unfortunately, that number keeps growing since the study was done. Younger people are at the highest risk of sexual violence. Um, The majority of sexual assault victims are under the age of 30. 15% of victims are between the ages of 12 and 17. So my age group. 54% of people between 18 and 34 have experienced sexual violence. And ages of 12 to 34 are the highest risk years for rape and sexual assault. These age, those ages, those 65 and older are at 92% less likely than 20, 12 to 24 year olds to be victims of rape and sexual assault and 83% less likely than 25 to 49 year olds. So now we're gonna talk about women and girls' experiences of sexual violence at high rates. So one out of six American women or girls have experienced have, or have been victims of an attempted or complete rape in her lifetime. As of 1998, an estimate of 17.7 American women and girls have been victims of attempted or complete rape. Young women are especially at risk. 82% of all child victims are women. Yes, are all women. 90% of adult rape are are female. Females ages 16 to 19 are four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault. So it's it's like scary because I'm in that age group and like my friends, people I know, I could, and it just, it's, it's scary to think about. Women ages 18 to 24 who are college students are three times more likely than women in, in non in To experience, like, are more likely to experience sexual violence. Females of the same age who are not enrolled in college are four times more likely as well. So, we're now going to be talking about the statistics of men and boys that are affected by sexual violence because I think we have to make a point that it's not just women. I mean, there's a large percentage of women, but so, like, I'd be doing a disservice um, to not be talking about their experience as well, even though it's you know not my experience. Males between 18 and 24 who are college students are approximately five times more likely than non-students of the same age to be a victim of rape or sexual assault. As of 1998, 2.78 million men in the U.S. have been victims of attempted or completed rape. About 3% of American men, or one in 33, have experienced attempted rape. Or completed rape in their lifetime. One of one out of every 10 rape victims are men. So now we're going to talk about transgender students that are at a higher risk of sexual violence. 21% of TGQN, transgender, gender-queer, or non-conforming college students or you know, high school students have been have been sexually assaulted compared to 18% of non- TGQN females and 4% of non-TGQ males. So it's like a large gap because, I don't know, if you, I, again, um, the Human Rights Campaign is also doing some sort of like work like that, but more on a legislative field. So I'm gonna link that, that is below as well, if you're interested. So now we're finally gonna talk about, sexual violence can have long-term effects on victims. I think that's a kind of a given, but I don't think people know most people know the statistics behind it. The likelihood of, that a person suffers suicidal or depressional, depressed thoughts increases after increases after sexual violence. Ninety-four percent of women who are raped experience symptoms of PTSD during the two weeks following the rape. Thirty percent of women report symptoms of PTSD nine months after the rape. Thirty-three percent of women who are raped contemplate suicide. 13% of women who are raped attempt suicide. Approximately 70% of rape or sexual assault victims and survivors experience moderate to severe distress, larger larger percentage than any other violent crimes. Okay, so now we're gonna be talking about how we can support survivors. So now we're gonna talk about supporting survivors as allies and, you know, friends and family members who of people that have experienced it. It's not always easy to, to know what to say when someone tells you they've been sexually assaulted, especially if there are a friend or a family member. For a survivor, disclosing to someone they care about can be very difficult, so I encourage you to be support, as supportive and non-judgmental as possible. Sometimes, Support means providing resources such as how to reach the natural sexual assault hotline, seeking medical attention, or report, reporting the crime to the police. But often listening to the bet is the best way to support a survivor. Here are some specific phrases. According to RAIN's staff, National Sexual Assault Hotline staff recommend to be supportive through survivors' healing process. The so first one is I believe you. Slash, it took a lot of courage to tell me about this. It can be extremely difficult for survivors to come forward and share their stories. They often feel ashamed, concerned that they won't be believed or worried that they'll be blamed. Your job is to support them. Be careful not to interrupt, interpret calmness as a sign that the event did not happen or occur. Everyone handles and responds to traumatic events differently. The best thing to do is to listen and believe, and believe them. So the next phrase is, you are not alone. I care about you and I am here to listen or help in any way possible. Let the survivor know that you are there for them and willing to listen to their story and if they're comfortable sharing it. Assess if people in their life feel like if they have people in their life, if they're comfortable going to or remind them that they're there's services, their service providers who, can, or a, who are able to support them as they heal from their experience. Because as much as it's important to listen to these survivors, you're not a trained therapist, you're not trained to, you're not psychologically trained to do handle this stuff. So thank you for listening to this seventh episode of the Feminist Fight Club podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know it's a tough topic to discuss, but I wanted to shed some light on it. Next week's episode will focus on transgender women's history to conclude Women's History Month. However, we should always be learning about women's history and feminist history. See you all next week.